Welcome dog moms and dads to our show where we discuss the everyday joys and challenges of pet parenting. I'm your host, Jen. And I'm Ashley. And this is a dog mom podcast presented by Zippy Paws. This is an exciting episode. Yeah, this is one of first of hopefully many dog mom Q&As where we post um, a question on social media and you guys let us know. Well, this time we just kind of like made it open ended, didn't we? Yeah, it was ask us anything. And I kind of went into it thinking that no one was going to ask us anything. (laughs) So it was a nice surprise. We got a lot of questions. Luckily, nothing that I'm not prepared to answer. Right. So we're pretty excited to talk about all these issues because I know if you guys ask us, um, it's something that you really want to know. So hopefully we'll give you some insightful tips. And if we don't know something, we'll definitely let you know that too. I mean, I did ask a question to the dog mom page and it was very rudely responded to. (laughs) We'll get to that one. (laughs) Never. Yeah, never. Well, maybe by the end of this episode. And I um I have two disclaimers okay. for this episode. Oh, really? Okay. I, one, am battling a migraine. So if I am less chipper than my usual shining self, and I say that with the utmost sarcasm, <laughs> I apologize. It's because it literally feels like someone's taking a hammer to my head. And the second one just happened. And that is if you can hear a cat, it is because Poe is outside of my office door screaming. I don't know what he wants. He probably doesn't want anything. He just screams to scream, but he just he probably knows that you have a migraine and you need some screaming in your life. He would. He absolutely would. Is he well, it's either Poe or one of the stray cats that I've been feeding outside of my house. So crazy. I guess cat I made lady. my bed there. Yeah. It's it's getting there. I have three stray cats that scream at me every morning for food now. <laughs> this is your life. <laughs> it's quarantine, Ashley. Okay, let's start with question number one, which uh, is, uh, tell us your favorite places and tips to bring your dogs. Well, I guess favorite places to bring your dogs and tips on that. Everywhere. And yeah, so definitely this is a question for pre-quarantine, during quarantine, after quarantine. I feel like these are like three different answers because uh, what I used to do with my dogs, I definitely don't do it with them now. Um, and I think after quarantine, things might change too. So I'm not sure. Right. I feel like all of the socialization work that I've put in with Bjorn is just going to go completely out the window after quarantine. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like Brady was pretty good with strangers. And now when we take her out, she's probably going to be, um, either super crazy or super timid, nothing in between. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, uh, let's see. I really like Muddy Paws Coffee in Eagle Rock. Um, this is a dog-friendly coffee spot that's really close to my house. Um, they have, uh, it's a dog-friendly um, coffee spot, so with the outdoor area, so you can bring your dogs, grab a cup oh, yes, of coffee, please. hang out with your friends, and then your dogs can hang out. They can be off-leash, and a portion of their proceeds go to local shelters, so it's awesome. I mean, like, coffee dogs charity i'm all for it amazing you know how i feel about my coffee yes what about you what's your favorite spot my favorite spot in terms of restaurants oh gosh i would say slide bar in fullerton it's one of my it's actually one of the only bars that i go to but it's a rock and roll themed bar and restaurant and it was the first ever patio that bjorn ever went to he was a very very little puppy but they have a great outdoor space the food is fantastic they've done a couple charity events the owner's wife lauren has put on a couple charity events for dogs there so they're super super dog friendly Yes, I'm seeing a trend where we like our drinks, <laughs> drinks and food, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like even before COVID, I mean, all I do now is eat and drink, let's be real. But even before COVID, really the only things that we did 
terribly a lot of that was local was going out to eat. We, I mean, we travel obviously, and we do take beyond when we travel, but we're big. I hate the word foodies. I actually cannot stand that. We like to eat. Yeah. We like to eat and we like to drink. And so it's nice when you can incorporate that because there are some times where you just don't want to cook at home. You want to get out of the house for a little bit, but there are times when I would just rather hang out with my dog. So being able to combine the two is fantastic. Yeah. There's also um, another uh, beer place near my house, also in Eagle Rock. I guess I always hang out in Eagle Rock, Um, but it used to be called um, Tap Room. And now it's a different different name but i've never been since they changed the name but they have an outdoor patio where they have a lot of games like scrabble and they have um like Catan, and they uh, offer you all these games so you can go in grab a coffee i mean sorry grab a beer it's um bottled so it's only like two or three dollars and then you can oh, sit amazing. out in the patio and hang out with your dogs play scrabble it, it's just like a fun time to like pass a sunday afternoon that's fun. That's that's like one of my favorite things about pretty much all breweries is I feel like they're all yeah. very, very dog friendly, which is nice. We have yeah, one for sure. that's local to us, Last Name Brewery, that we absolutely love. Yeah, and a lot of the breweries in um, downtown LA, like Angel City Brewery and a couple of others, I can't remember the name right now, but they're all really dog friendly and they have um, really nice places where you can like just hang out with your friends, play some games. And I think that's like that's um our way of chilling you know just going somewhere and get, grabbing a drink so what do you do now that you can't go out to restaurants do you take the pups out or are you staying primarily at home um in the beginning of quarantine we kind of took them to different um neighborhoods in like pasadena just to walk them but now we're still a little bit more um wary and we try to be uh stay close to home and luckily i live in like a really hilly area so there are a lot of um hiking trails kind of just like in different sides of our neighborhood so we just kind of like stay close to home and i don't really take them to any parks so we've been kind of boring and i know the dogs are kind of um sick and tired of being at home but i think it's just safer for us right now and that's we de- we decided that as our as a family that's what we're going to do i think it's i think it's smarter honestly we've the only thing we've really done is we've taken bjorn on a couple of hikes but they're pretty off the beaten path they're not mm-hmm. necessarily they're not really popular places bjorn is not a beach dog by any means so we're luckily not missing anything out missing out on anything there yeah. bjorn likes the cooler weather so we're up in <laughs> We're up in the mountains pretending that it's still winter, even though it's not even close. Yeah, we're thinking of going to like Arrowhead in a month or two because Kramer loves to swim and we want to get Birdie to love swimming too. So yeah, there's a lot to consider when you want to go on a small trip currently. So we're still just like calculating the risks and seeing how we feel because i feel like every from week to week there are changes so we're just um gonna wait until we are ready to pull the trigger and book a cabin or something there's actually a really fun cabin up in big bear so not lake arrowhead but very very close it's called i believe it's black bear house and it is the cutest little Scandinavian themed cabin. And the only reason that I bring it up is we had booked it last year for our anniversary trip. We didn't end up going because I got really sick, but it was not dog friendly. And we reached out to the owner of the cabin and said, hey, we really want to travel, but we typically travel with our dog. He's very well behaved. But the reason that we were attracted to your place in the first place is because our our pup's name is Bjorn and he looks like a little black bear. And we really want to get one of those (laughs) cheesy influencer pictures of him in front of your home. Can we do that? And he was totally down for that. And I think that's probably going to be the first place that we do travel to when we're ready to venture out into the world i'm not there yet look at you i'm not there yet but maybe someday soon yeah i don't know and um before all this happened we used to take them to dog beaches kramer loves the beach um so we take them to rosie's in long beach the huntington dog beach and leo carrillo in malibu so these are all the um popular dog friendly beaches in la i'm not sure about other areas but i'm sure you can google and search like what are the uh, most popular dog friendly beaches 
And some some dog friendly beaches are off leash and some are not. So make sure you figure out if your beach is uh, off leash or not. Kramer's like the quintessential California boy. Yeah, he's like a little surfer dude. He's like, hey man, I love it. Yeah, like we said, Bjorn hates the beach. There's no chance that we will get him <laughs> near the water. He doesn't like the sand. I don't know what happened. He was exposed to the beach long before he was exposed to the snow and the mountains, and he just wanted nothing to do with it so we take him to Lowe's we go to a lot of home improvement stores and he's able to go there and it's nice because he can still interact with people too we try to stay six feet apart but Bjorn doesn't have that problem he's running up and saying he does not socially distance he definitely does not socially (laughs) distance but it's nice for him I think when once once stores are or once stores have been opened for a little bit longer we'll probably start venturing out again there and that that is my poison for sure i am a shopaholic and bjorn is my favorite shopping buddy so he's been he's been everywhere from nordstrom to bloomingdale's to i know some of the stores that you like urban outfitters are also pet friendly Mm -hmm. yeah definitely they're super uh pet friendly and we live really close to like an outdoor shopping center so we you do too i know and we just I do we just take them um, uh, walking on the street and some stores they really like to go in because they give them treats so yeah they love it yeah my mom does designing for pottery barn and they're not typically a pet friendly store i don't think but the location that she's been working at a lot locally loves dogs. So they have like hidden stashes of treats and they'll put out water and it just makes me happy. I feel like dogs probably brighten retail associates days as well. And I spent almost 15 years working in retail so I can personally attest to that. So, I mean, it's just, it's kind of a, you got to feel it out type of situation. One thing I would say is don't be offended if your dogs are not allowed in the store. It's nothing personal. It's probably corporate policy and if it is personal i also wouldn't say take that out on the retail associates either i've seen some people get very upset when they cannot take their dogs in the store and it's kind of like well (laughs) it is what it is go to another store that's true if it's not pet friendly we'll just leave you know we will ask before we go in and if it is we'll come in happily and if they say no we'll just move on. Or if I really want to buy something in there, I'll have my husband hold the dogs outside while I, you know, dash in and spend too long looking at everything. But um, you just got to respect the rules, right? Part of being a good dog mom. That's true. Dog mom etiquette. We should do a episode on that. Oh, that's a, that's going to be a long one that will, I will start getting my list ready now. Oh, we'll talk about all the Karens that we've met. (laughs) There's a lot of them. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Um, it They ask, at Zippy Paws, did you start making toys by yourself or did you outsource? So, Well, I mean, I started out. Oh, wait. This question's probably for you. <laughs> I was like, what What are you going to talk about? <laughs> so what do you have to add to this question? Uh, yeah. So I like getting these business questions. Um, I'm all, all about helping other people um, who are thinking of either getting into the pet industry or starting your own business in another industry. Uh, I love hearing your stories. So I, I am open to um, answering any questions that you guys have. Uh, so I love business questions. Ask me more. Um, so to answer this question, I've designed every toy since day one of Zippy Paws. Um, and since the beginning, our design is one of the areas where we pride ourselves. And we really take a lot of time and effort into making sure the designs um, are attractive, and they're functional, and they're affordable. And I think that this is a factor that sets us apart from a lot of the competition in the dog toy industry. But in April, in the midst of this worldwide pandemic, I hired somebody to... Um, <laughs> be your product designer and so it's been three months since Lacey started and she's been doing a great job Um, even though I'm not the main designer anymore but we still work very very closely to kind of still keep that zippy paws whimsy um, and that look and feel it's just somebody else helping me with designs because you know I have a lot of other things to do and I can't really put all of my focus onto product designs. So it's been like 
it's been tough, um, like a tough transition, but also seamless at the same time because I want to like train her in person, but unfortunately she's like never even stepped foot in the office <laughs> other than her interview. So I do feel kind of bad, um, but I think it's it's been smooth so far and you'll just see a lot more Zippy Paws products in the next coming years. I think it has been super seamless, honestly, and I'm not trying to throw you under the bus in saying that you're a little bit of a control freak, but <laughs> you're a little bit of a control freak and that is true. she's, she's risen to the occasion and I, that's has. not a bad thing. And she hasn't complained that I'm a control freak. So I mean, not good. to you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, everyone's like, wait, what? Wait, she's like, wait, she's like, don't throw me under the bus. I can't, I can't see Lacey saying anything bad about anybody. And I think as an owner of a company and as the person that has designed the toys for the better part of the last decade, you have to have a firm handle on what you want and the product that's going out because it is still a reflection on you, honestly. Yeah, exactly. And um, I know we joke about me being like uh, a perfectionist or a control freak or something, but honestly, I do take it as a compliment because it just means that I have very high standards. And, you know, I some people might say I don't trust new employees uh, very much, but I think it's like I do trust them, but it's also um, a matter of like you proving that you understand how our business is run and what my expectations are and how I think. And once you've kind of learned that and went through like the whole process and you can show me that you can do it, then I'll trust you 100%. So, okay, let's go to the third question. All right. Warning signs for sickness and or worms. I don't have the exact question in front of me, but it looks like somebody Googled and found out that their pup had a tapeworm. And I actually have a story for this. It's kind of a involved, not involved, but I know when we spoke about getting our puppies, one of the things that I had said was kind of a learning curve for me was understanding that It's not always going to be the worst case scenario. Obviously, you guys have heard Stella's story at this point, so you can kind of understand why my brain goes that way. But when we first got Bjorn, we had a terrible parvo scare. And this is going to kind of loop into how you know your dog is sick. It honestly started with me simply just knowing. I had had Bjorn for about two weeks. I had spent the better part of every single waking second with him and kind of got a feel for how his personality was, how often he was going to the bathroom, what his energy level was like. And for the most part, as a puppy, that's not going to change for the first couple of months. And then once they become an adult dog, it's also not going to change once they've kind of settled into that norm. And I remember Bjorn had had a couple loose stools. It wasn't anything crazy. And I had called my boyfriend at work and I said, you know, I had a bad feeling about this. And was met with that, you know, just calm down, which is honestly what I needed at the time. Just, hey, calm down. Not a big deal. I'm sure I'd probably reach out to Jen, too, at that point. And was just not not feeling confident in it. Reached out to my mom. And I was also met with, you need to calm down. It's not a big deal. And I, I knew, right? And was talking to my boyfriend on the way home. By the time he had gotten home, Bjorn was throwing up. He had thrown up with a little bit of blood in his vomit. And it was like, okay, we're going to go to the emergency room. I, in my head, was convinced that it was Parvo. Spoiler alert, it was not Parvo. But he had a pretty severe worm infestation that he had likely gotten when we got him as a puppy. And it just wasn't, we weren't able to catch it. He had been dewormed. But the thing with deworming is it doesn't necessarily kill the worms that are currently in the body or they can always come back if there are eggs. It's a, it's a slippery slope. But my point being there is warning signs for sickness or worms, especially in puppies is anything out of the ordinary. Loose stools are going to be a pretty big indication. Constantly hungry 
is another one because obviously the worms that any internal parasites are are eating anything that they're putting in um, a distended stomach for puppies especially as well and that was something that Bjorn had started to get and just being just generally lethargic as well um, again speaking from a puppy perspective with adult dogs with older dogs loose stools um, and then the really fun one for worms, the one that nobody likes to talk about because it is absolutely disgusting. The you butthole. You can see them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can absolutely see tapeworms and they are disgusting. Bjorn has had tapeworms and he's had another type of worm that, not heartworm, but that's the name is, I'm losing track of the name, but you can see them. They are usually alive and they are absolutely disgusting. And that was, that was one of the moments when Nico and I realized we were out of our honeymoon phase in terms of our relationship. When Nico <laughs> thought he saw a worm in Bjorn's poop and asked me what it would look like. And I said, well, just send me a picture. <laughs> and, and, and that it ended definitively right then and there. But you can usually see worms, again, a distended stomach, lack of appetite. Bjorn drinks a lot of water, too, when he's not feeling good. I don't know if that... I've never really seen that on on blogs or any of the informative sites that I look at. My vet can't corroborate that with anything, but it's really about knowing your dog, mm-hmm. I think. Agreed, yeah. Oof, that's kind of gross. Give me, like, the little chills. I don't really want to look at a dog's butt and seeing like a little worm staring at me, but it does happen. So it's so nasty. We've, I've seen it and this is, this is going to probably transition into our dog mom etiquette. We've been on hikes and on walks and obviously plenty of people do not pick up after their dog, which absolutely drives me crazy. But we've seen other people's dog poop with worms just chilling in it. Oh and my gosh, that's disgusting. I think a lot of it is that people just don't, I mean, if they're not picking it up, they're probably not looking at it. Um, that that should be a shirt. If you're not picking it up, you're probably not looking at it. <laughs> if you're not picking it up, there might be worms in it. Okay. Ugh. So, but that's, that's also a really, a really easy way to spread them too. Yeah, that is true. Okay. I, I don't really want to think about it. I don't know why we. we <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, Hopefully that answered the question. Yeah, I'm sure you <laughs> answered the question. Um, we'll let uh, them know that we answered their question. And, <laughs> so I guess, luckily, personally, I haven't had any experience with tapeworms. Um, but I think some general indications that your dog is sick and might need to see a vet are. Um, are pretty normal, like diarrhea, loose stools, um, loss of appetite, lethargy, like change in mood and being mopey. I know Kramer's nose gets runny when he's sick. So if you see like wet nose or wet eyes, that's also an indication. Of course, it couldn't um, be just general, but I feel like um, every time Kramer is sick, he definitely has a runny nose. And he likes to shake his head or ears when he's kind of sick. And it could be for like any different um, anything, right? Because he could have something on his paw or um, something with his allergies and he would like to shake his head a lot. And like you said, a general change in behavior. If your dog usually does this and all of a sudden he's not doing it anymore, that's an indication that something might be wrong and you might want to keep a closer eye on them. I concur. Yeah. I, I mean, I can go through some of the other experiences, uh, medical experiences that I've had with my dogs. Um, my dog, JJ, was bit by a rattlesnake three times in his lifetime. Um, and so before, <laughs> yeah, before he called me a bad dog mom, um, the, <laughs> the rattles, uh, I used to live at home with my parents and they lived on a hill and we would have rattlesnakes come into the yard in the summertime so they would actually be in the yard and not like we would encounter them on a hike or anything so um we try to keep him kind of contained to the front yard because the backyard is a little bit closer to like the wilderness Um, but they still come when it's summer and they need like sun 
So, I mean, it's pretty obvious when your dog gets bit by a rattlesnake. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you don't see it and you're not sure. But you can see like the bite marks, like the teeth marks. Um, they're very, very clear. Three teeth marks, two top and one bottom or one top. Like two, two uppers and two lowers, I think. I'm like, I'm trying to be an expert, but I can't even remember. That's terrifying. I feel like the first time I found a rattlesnake in my backyard, my house would be up for sale. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've killed more than one rattlesnake, so I'll I'll get to that and I'll teach you how to kill a rattlesnake. Um, But they, you can see bite marks. The swelling comes a little bit later. So when you see photos of dogs that are all puffed up on the internet, like the memes, um, that is a few hours afterwards. So it doesn't it's not immediate, but what is immediate is raspy breathing, them shaking, and then my dog, on two occasions, he threw up, like, this green-colored vomit, and I think it's because those two times was pretty serious. He got bit by a mature adult um, rattlesnake, oh and the other time, he got bit on the tongue by a tiny baby rattlesnake. Oh. Um, but, you know, that's what happens. And there were a lot of other times that he did encounter rattlesnakes but didn't get bit because, you know, we've taught him to do a little bit of rattlesnake um, prevention. There are classes oh, that wow. you can take for this. Um, but really? we, yeah, but we've taught him to kind of stay away and then also bark when he sees rattlesnakes. Sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. Of course, he got bit three times, so a lot of the times he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm just sharing all my knowledge about rattlesnakes right now. Um, I know. I feel like I feel like it's one of those reptile YouTube channels, <laughs> right? I'm like Steve Irwin. I'm over here telling you guys how to handle rattlesnakes. Um, but I'm just going to tell you guys all my knowledge. I know a lot of people don't really care, but um, it might help somebody someday. So, crikey. Um, (laughs) so rattlesnakes are actually um they are deaf but they can feel vibrations right so if a rattlesnake is close to a fence or something you can use a shovel or a stick to kind of rattle the fence or kind of beat on the ground and they will um kind of be scared and stay in the same spot so you can call animal control but always keep an eye on the rattlesnake because they move really fast so um, a trick to get them to stay in the same spot until animal control comes is by using vibrations so beating like a fence or a stick to make sure that they stay in the same spot Uh, if you yell at them they won't hear you so i mean i mean you can still yell at them but they just won't be able to hear you (laughs) <laughs> yeah and i think it it's a general misconception that the snake wants to go after you the snake wants nothing to do with right you. they just they want to chill they in don't, the sun yeah they want to sit in the sun they don't eat people they don't eat large dogs they're not trying to hunt your dog i think yeah that's probably the best initial advice is just make them go away yeah i mean if your dog gets bitten by a rattlesnake go to the emergency vet right away to get your anti-venom Um, A rattlesnake bite is very serious, and even though dogs may survive without treatment, it's just the best chance for your survival of your dog is to get the anti-venin within, I believe it's like 12 12 hours or 24 hours, Um, but they definitely need urgent care. Something that I've never heard of as a dog mom is limber tail syndrome. Do we talk about that? I don't think we did. I remember your story with it. That was my first introduction to it. Okay, so if we haven't talked about it on the podcast, um, I'll tell you guys because I felt like I've never heard of this. And I was really scared because I thought uh, that Birdie's tail was broken. So if you can think of like a golden retriever's tail, it kind of slopes up when they're excited and they kind of... They're like, it's like a flag, right? They're always waving it back and forth. But for a few days, Birdie's tail was um, sloping down, like in a C shape. So at the base of her tail, like it went out a little bit, but then the rest of her tail was like, it seemed like it was dead, you know? And we were like super concerned, but we Googled it and turns out 
it's a muscle issue like they overwork their um, tail muscles so this is prevalent among hunting dogs or working dogs that use their tail a lot so sometimes they're out hunting for a long time and then their their muscles are like overworked and then they stop working for a little bit I mean, Birdie doesn't work at all, so I don't know why she would have gotten it. I was going to say, what happened? Was she just too happy? I guess she, she was, was just too excited. Or maybe she sat on it wrong or something. She's always jumping up and down. She's like, she loves parkour. We call her Barkour Birdie. So she, <laughs> <laughs> she might have, like, heard it somewhere. But, you know, if if your dog does that, then it's it's okay. We don't have to amputate her, do- uh, her tail. So calm down she survived yeah (laughs) i would have been in an absolute state of panic yeah so that's why i want to like let everybody know that this is something that happens so when you see it you're like oh that's limber tail jen told me about it okay our next question is um someone says i would love to hear any insight into the world of dog influencers we're aspiring to be a dog influencer and looking for any advice on how to build relationships with brands like Zippy Pods. What does it take to get noticed? And they're interested in your perspective on the topic. Well, in terms of dog social channels, it's going to definitely be a situation of do as I say and not as I do. I'll defer to Jen on actually creating and cultivating the channel. It's a well-known secret. Well, It's a well-known thing within our company that even though I'm the head of marketing, I despise social media. I have tried to create an Instagram for Bjorn and I, it got off to a good start and then I just let it die. (laughs) I, I create the strategy for zippy paws. I handle influencer management, but I'm just not a social media person by trade. Even my personal channel is a bit of a struggle. I have to really force myself to do it. That being said, I can speak from a brand standpoint. Um, I've been in marketing longer than I'd like to admit, honestly. And I don't know if my answer would necessarily surprise people, but I think everyone just automatically assumes that you need to have the biggest following in order to work with any brand. And I've worked in fashion, I've worked in automotive, I've worked now in the pet realm, and it boils down to a couple things for me. So I'll just kind of go go through what we look for at Zippy Paws. The first and most important thing is how professional your approach is. There are a couple things that I really struggle with in that initial conversation. So, I mean, you can reach out via DM. It's much, much easier a lot of times than, than finding my email or one of my marketing coordinators emails it doesn't matter really how you do it it's or what medium you use it's the way that you're approaching i would say my biggest pet peeve so far is please 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 do not speak to any representative at a a company as your dog (laughs) i know we are a pet brand and you would think that, you know, oh, that's a cute, clever way to reach out. It is so cringe. It's really a struggle for us to take people like that seriously. So if you're reaching out in a way like, oh, my mom wants to know if we can work together. Well, it, we all know that the dog is not reaching out to us. There's the, It's not really a clever approach. It's just really tricky. And we've actually had a couple people that we were really, really interested in working with reach out from the perspective of a dog, like, oh, my mom wants to know if X, Y, and Z. And the content was great. And they, they ticked off some of the check marks that I'll, I'll touch on in a moment. And we carried it over to email and the conversation was still coming from the dog. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, can you let your mom know to uh, message my mom? So... (laughs) Right, like, can I can I talk to your mom now? It it's just a strange thing, right? And obviously, again, we're a dog brand. We try to think like a dog and come into the mindset of a dog. But at the end of the day, it needs to be professional. If you're trying to reach out to a a, a brand, right? 
you need to treat it like it's a business transaction. So other things that go into that are proper spelling, having a well thought out message. Don't just reach out and say, hi, my dog should be your next model. We get that a lot. All dogs are super cute. It's every dog should theoretically be a model in my brain. I would much rather see dogs on everything other than people. But at the end of the day, that doesn't really help me. Right. Mm -hmm. So how professional your approach is, is the first one. The second one is your following fake. Another big pet peeve for pretty much anybody in marketing. There are a lot of indicators of this and anyone with a moderate amount of experience can recognize that instantly, instantly. I personally would rather have a small following that has great engagement, good photography, a good handle on your brand, a good business perspective um, for those of you out there that maybe have smaller boutique pet brands and are interested in working with influencers and are like, wait, there's a way to check if a following is fake without running it through one of those expensive platforms. Pretty good indicator is checking their follower list if they have a lot of random names with about seven or eight numbers after it. Those are likely fake followers. If they say have tens of thousands of followers up to 100,000 and they're getting maybe 32 likes per post, that's another good indication. Or it's an indication that you have a large following, but your content is not generating engagement. Basically, the numbers need to match up, right? And we're living in a very tricky time right now where you can not only buy followers, you can buy post likes, you can buy video views, you can essentially buy engagement. Just a matter of spending maybe five to 10 minutes on someone's page that you're interested in working with mm-hmm. and just checking to see if it's legitimate. Yeah. And as a people, we've never bought any followers or likes. So we don't want to work with anyone or be associated with an influencer who buys their likes or their followers it's just not uh, our just values just don't really align yeah precisely and uh, moving into uh, check mark number three previous experience with other brands we look at that as well so if you're looking to work with us and we go on your page and you have promo codes with 20 different brands it just seems a little inauthentic right Part of what we pride ourselves on at Zippy Paws is we like to work with people that genuinely love our product. And if you're working with tons of other brands, just trying to make that buck, which I mean, it is a business at the end of the day, that's fine. But just really kind of aspire to work with a couple of brands and keep it at that. Just try to keep it as as organic as possible. And another one, if you're working with our competitor, there's a pretty good chance we're not going to we're not going to pursue that. We've had people reach out to us that have 20 posts for a lot of different companies, be that Kong or Bark. And you just, it, it needs to be more than just simply selling a product. We stand behind the products that we put out and we want to make sure that our influencers are representing us that way as well. Then for quality of content, this is a really tricky one to talk about. Again, because everybody thinks their dog is just the cutest. Everybody thinks they're a pocket photographer. And that's not to say that you can't take great content on your cell phone or great content with other types of mediums. You don't have to have a $7,000 setup. That being said, if all of the pictures in your portfolio or on your page are really grainy, they've got your takeout Chinese in the background, it's just going to come across as a little messy. Um, Sometimes we... A lot of the content that we use on our page right now is just simply reshares and we love that because it's a way to share people that love our product without paying them. I think that's the best way to showcase how much people love our brand, but it's really hard to share a picture that is messy. So if you're trying to get a picture shared on Zippy Paws or on any brand, put a little bit of thought into it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That being said, it kind of leads us into the next point of being organic as well. So it's walking a very, very fine line. We love and want to work with pups that love our product. 
So the ones that are going to stand out the most are those action shots. The ones where the dogs are playing, they're having fun. It's not just simply a staged photo. So it's really about finding that balance between having something that is clean and organic, but also has a little bit of life and personality to it. And I get that that sounds like the ungettable get and asking so much, but you'd be surprised at what will happen if you straighten up your living room a little bit and just throw your toy to your pup. Like get those candid shots, but make them intentional candid shots, if that makes sense. Yeah, we definitely like to share pictures of dogs that are actively playing with their toys, such as tugging or squeaking. Um, and another thing uh, that we like is if the do- if the toy's face is showing the- to the camera. So we don't really want um, to share pictures with our toys that are like upside down or something. Like we really like to see the face on the toy um, it's just a small thing, you know, it's really hard to get because dog, you can't really control how a dog plays with your toy. Um, but those are like the money shots that we loved, love to share on our Instagram. Yeah, it's that, it's that perfect shot. And we don't just share perfect shots. We want those lived in shots. So I just, I want to make sure that, that I'm clear that we're not expecting everyone to have perfectly lit amazing photos just a clean photo your dog can have dirt on his nose it doesn't have you know he doesn't have to be looking at the camera his tongue can be hanging out those are characteristics that we expect yeah and then lastly sometimes you just have to get lucky with your timing so if we're currently working with say three golden doodles or four golden retrievers we're likely not going to bring on another golden retriever or another golden doodle to work with simply because we have three or four in the mix and we want to make sure to keep it diverse. If you've got a bully breed and you hit me at that perfect time where we're necessary, you know, we're looking for new influencers, which we're not always doing. We don't typically have lots of huge casting calls, but sometimes it's the luck of the draw too. So it's really it's a combination of of like I said how professional your approach is an organic following experience with other brands the quality of the content and then also just really being passionate about what you do I like to connect with all of the influencers that we work with I work one-on-one with most of them so add that little personality it doesn't have to be so professional that it's stale just you know kind of do you And I think coming from just um, a strictly like profile, I think I I like to see people who have like a consistent style or they're very confident in their messaging. So I I just like to work with people who seem authentic and seem like um, this, you're owning your page. Um, and whether it's like a consistent like messaging such as like the dog speaking or your dog is usually very sassy or they're very loving or playful um, I like to see um, a page be consistently doing that it just seems more real I think basically look at Bjorn's page and don't do that (laughs) Bjorn's page is cute what are you talking about he's very dark and moody his he he is dark and moody but and i mean that that is one final point too you don't necessarily have to have the zippy paws aesthetic in order to work with us as well there are some pieces of content that are going to make our feed because they do fall in line with the branding that we have Mm -hmm. that being said we believe that zippy paws is for everybody so we want to really branch out in terms of the influencers that we work with so if you have a really strong solid core brand that may not necessarily work with our aesthetic that doesn't mean that you're an automatic you know no for working with right we just want to work with people who are like authentically themselves um and don't try to like uh, pretend to be something i think that we create like strong lasting partnerships and those people tend to become our brand of ambassadors as well and they like to tell people about our products so yeah that was a long one sorry guys yeah well good thing this is the last question and this question says what made you decide to start the podcast (laughs) (laughs) so i think the podcast has been on my mind for maybe two years i've always wanted to do it but i never really moved forward with it 
But in the end of 2019, I really thought that 2020 was the year that I wanted to launch the podcast. And originally, we had a start date of May 11th, which was not even Mo- Dog Mom Day. Dog Mom Day was May <laughs> 9th or something. I don't know. This was the whole thing in the beginning of our, our podcast.、Um, so when I was fed misinformation, May 13th, when I was fed fake news, I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> So early May, we wanted to launch,、um, but I think things changed and kind of our hopes and dreams were dashed. Like, we wanted to build the set, we wanted to film it too, so it could be on YouTube, it could be an audio podcast like it is currently.、Um, but, you know, I mean, we had that all lined up too. We、yeah. had. A sign that was ready to be installed the Friday after quarantine hit in California. Yeah, and now it is in my closet. <laughs> so, it, we had big plans to have a lot of guests come in and share their experiences. We still want to do that soon,、um, but it's just been a, a little bit challenging.、Um, but we want to actually have some guests come on, not just my husband. Um, more、uh, experienced people in their fields.、Um, we also want to get yeah, other dog dads too. Other dog moms, other dog dads. Yeah, I dog have my dream list people. of people that I want to talk to maybe one day. Maybe one day. Yeah. I think it'd just be cooler if they could like come in and we can interact with them and with their dogs too. But what can you do? It's tough because we are still. In quarantine, we have not gone back to the office. We likely won't be going back to the office for quite some time. So, we're doing this remotely. We have our very sneaky little setup of headphones and microphones and FaceTime calls, and we have our whole process. But that's a little bit trickier when you're trying to bring in an outside guest. Yeah, I think we have to record their audio somehow. Anyway, we'll see if we can、um, make it work and have a guest on sometime soon. So, when we first started the podcast, we never intended it to be like the first or best podcast geared towards dog moms. We just wanted to share our unique. Speak for yourself. It was, <laughs> the best. It was always supposed to be the best. <laughs> we just wanted to kind of share our unique experiences and thoughts.、Um, both of us actively working in the pet industry, we do have some insight into the pet sphere. Um, and of course, like, who doesn't want to talk about our dogs? Any excuse to show people pictures of my dogs, I'll take it. <laughs> so, this is kind of a selfish thing. <laughs> I, yeah, and I think it, it's important to note that everyone's experiences are different, and the perspective that we have is going to be different from other people's perspectives. And I think that's so cool about what we're doing. You and I 100% literally live and breathe our pups, and it's everything from. Sitting at home on the living room floor with them to bringing them to a conference room table while we're having really important meetings, stakeholder meetings. And you and I would always be the last ones in the office after work. It, it always started around four o'clock where we would be commiserating about something. And before you knew it, it was 5 30, 6 0 and we're having conversations that started out as simple as, oh, Bjorn had an accident in the office today.、Mm-hmm. And that would lead to us kind of inadvertently helping one another with God knows what trial and tribulation. It was everything from dogs to you were planning your wedding to dealing with crazy exes. And <laughs> anyone really who knows us knows very well that we do not have a problem talking. We could sit down and chat for hours and hours and hours. And we don't even need margaritas and wine. That usually extends it by a couple more hours. But <laughs> It just seemed like a natural avenue to go down because we do work in the pet industry and we do have a, a network of people that, if we're not educated in something, we know people that are. And it's just kind of a way to share what we do. And it also brings a personality to our brand because we are the people that are driving the products and the marketing behind Zippy Paws. And I think that, that tells the story behind the story. Yeah, 100%. And I think、um, me personally, I've gotten to a point in my career where I want to、um, start helping people who are just getting started and offer some advice or insight or just let people know that, hey, you're not alone. I've been there too. And I just want to 
to kind of share my story and let people ask me questions. And I think this the podcast is a really good way for me to get that message through. And I think at the end of the day, it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. It's it, something that we look forward to doing. It definitely is. Sometimes we tend to drag our feet with planning uh, outlines. Um, or always. Oh, like always. We're trying. We're actually trying to record two podcasts in one day because it's just so hard to get ourselves to record but once we record then we just like start talking like for hours and hours so so we I mean do- that's the point of a podcast though right yeah yeah and we do plan a lot of our podcast episodes ahead of time so I think we have like four or five planned um and you know we just go along with that but just wanted to uh, let everybody know that if you like listening to us, please consider writing us a honest review on Apple Podcasts just to help us out a little bit. If you don't like something that we talk about, if you don't like our structure or anything like that, feel free to send us a message on our Instagram. I check all the messages. So even if your feedback is negative, we'll definitely take that into consideration. Uh, I just don't want people to start, um, there's always gonna be haters, right, or trolls, but I don't want people to kind of like give us a negative review without, you know, or just like reaching out, be like, hey, you know, I listened to a couple of episodes, but I didn't really like it or something. Let me know why and, you know, it's all good, right? If you don't like right? listening and to us, don't listen to us. <laughs> and to that point, there are a lot of other dog-related podcasts, and I personally would hope that you would go and listen to them. It's a great avenue. Again, we are not where everything stops. We're not where anything starts. And I think it's helpful to have multiple perspectives. I think that makes you a well-rounded human. I think you should do that in regard to everything in your life without trying to be political, but learn every side and try to be educated and try to hear other people's perspectives. That's super, super important. But we do appreciate every one of you that listens. And if you do want to boop that follow button, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Dog Mom Podcast and our website at www.sippypaws.com backslash dog podcast dog mom podcast wow Wow. it wasn't going to be a podcast until i messed up Uh, all right the last sentence i think next week we're gonna come with the etiquette because i feel like we're talking a lot about etiquette so next week we're gonna not to suck as a dog mom yes or some things that you know maybe you haven't thought of or you just need a little bit of reminder because we all need that sometimes um yeah we'll give you some tips and tricks next week all right have a good one guys bye